0: On this podcast, we'll be approaching the topic of imposter syndrome, which (laughs) which we have discussed in a previous podcast and touched on it, Um, but for today, we're going to talk about what it is, how to overcome it, all the aspects of imposter syndrome.
1: That's normal. Mm -hmm. It's normal to feel this way. I'm sure everybody listening has felt imposter syndrome at some point.
0: Exactly. So we hope that you enjoy our conversation about this and our own personal experiences and advice.
1: Here's imposter syndrome.
0: I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two women discussing all things in business. Welcome to. She's, She's the, the boss. boss. Okay, so on the episode that we recorded about the top 20 under 40, I have a funny story. So, <laughs> so you know, I told you, yes, I just you slid in at 39. Right. And right after we recorded, I, you know, it was laundry day. Do all my laundry on Fridays, spend over to pick up a sock and throw my back out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was walking around like an old lady. Aww. And yeah, but I got into the chiropractor who... Is magnificent. Yeah, <laughs> went two days back to back, but still have a thrown out back. No pun intended. No pun back of- to back. Back to back. Oh Lord,
1: yes. And that's when I said that <laughs> you need to hire my housekeeper
0: asap. I do. I do. Yep, got to delegate some things. But I said, see, Brandon, I can't do laundry anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just thought it was ironic that it was the day we recorded that, and I'm like, right. yeah, I'm under forty. Oop can't pick up a sock. (laughs) But we also talked about a lot of, a lot of different things we touched on during that episode. And we said we'd come back to some of them. And one of them was the imposter syndrome. Yes. So, and how, you know, when I walked into that room, I was like, Oh, I don't know if I fit in here, even deserve to be here. This is awkward. Right. Right. So let's definitely dive in to more about what that is. And
1: yeah. And I think, you know, as both of us were thinking about imposter syndrome and what we experience and what we think we know it is, it is so much more than just feeling nervous, mm-hmm. you know, in a situation or a social sh- situation, right? So, um, I, I, would imagine that other people also kind of don't fully understand what imposter syndrome is, right? Right. So, um, you know, the actual Oxford definition <laughs> <laughs> of I'm imposter sorry. syndrome <laughs> is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's, one's own efforts or skills. Um, and I think that that shows up so differently for each person, mm-hmm. right? And I do know there's a correlation of anxiety and imposter syndrome. And it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't think there's any sufficient data on that. Um, but you know, okay, there's flashing lights, <laughs> squirrel,
0: <laughs> well, I have epilepsy, so it's probably not a great idea to yeah. have something with a flashing light going, Okay, sorry,
1: casually <laughs> turning that off and I'm so distractible.
0: Okay. So yes,
1: um, you felt this walking into the event where obviously you're receiving this kind of prestigious, not award, but essentially, right? Um, and it shows up as, what would you say? Anxiety?
0: Yeah, anxiety and definitely self-conscious about Am I wearing the right thing? Even before I went, like, mm. what do you even wear to something like this? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't go to these things. I yeah. don't know. Um, is everybody looking at me? Or are they all like, "Oh, we know who this girl is, and she doesn't deserve to be here"? Or like, you know, sure. you just get all these self doubt feelings and and yeah, the anxiety of how do I how do I talk to these people mm-hmm. and you know why are they here and am I deserving to be here kind of thing? And I bet a lot of people have this, but they just don't know it has a term right? in order to research and figure out like what it is when you're experiencing it, how to get over it. Right. You know, all those things. And thinking something is wrong with you. Right. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, like almost everybody experiences this to some degree. Right. Right. Um, And I think it presents itself in different ways and then what you do with it can look so different too. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that really depends on differences in personality. Um, somebody who tends to want to overachieve or overcompensate or, um, you know, overwork is going to show up in that way, right? Like I have to prove myself, I have to prove that I am successful to myself and to others, and then get that external validation. You're smirking right now because
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know anyone like that <laughs> where I'm at work all weekend with a back thrown out, and right. everybody goes, "Why are you here?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like because I have to be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and my husband goes, uh, "No, you don't." Right. Yeah. Take a minute. It's okay.
1: The world is not going to burn without you being there for the weekend. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, or it can show up in this way where you procrastinate, procrastinate and go completely internal and say, well, I'm just not going to do that because I'm not going to be successful at it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think, you know, it could go either way. And sometimes just depending on circumstances, either one could show up. Um, I think that, you know, for personalities, I I talk about the Enneagram a lot and I would love to dive into that in an episode, but we use it a lot at the school for our teachers and, and developing teams and stuff like that. And so for certain personality types and certain Enneagram types, it is very, uh, clear that certain types would be the overachievers and they're the ones that burn out usually if they don't know how to self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's certain personality types that you're like, Nope, these are going to be our procrastinators and kind of our, our sloth personalities that are going to hold off. And it's interesting in reading about this, just how it, it shows up in, in different ways in different people. Like for me, definitely feel like i have to achieve to be worthy of uh, love essentially if you want to dive deep into it right um and so for me it shows up in the overworking and i've really had to and i think more so in my mid 30s realize like oh no that's what this is right, right? like i am overworking and overdoing this because I feel like I'm only going to be worthy if I achieve this thing.
0: Right. So when in all reality, we're putting it on ourselves because it's not like anyone's like, you have to do this. Right? We're the boss, right? (laughs) Like we're the ones putting it on ourselves, but there's something to be said for, you know, setting a goal, setting a deadline and sharing it with others Mm -hmm. because it keeps you accountable to work for it. Yeah. And But then there's also those times where it's like, you know what, we had this goal, we had this deadline and it didn't work out and nobody's life is impacted by it. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, You know, um, an example of that, we were going to do a big uh, trip with our studio last year and because just how things worked out it just didn't happen not because i procrastinated or i didn't want it to happen but it just didn't happen and mm-hmm. all i had to say was i'm sorry this isn't going to happen this year right. and people may have been like oh man that's kind of a bummer but it, they've moved on yeah <laughs> probably the only person still kind of bummed about it is me yeah. and thinking about it um but it's it's not that big of a deal it,
1: what was the process in getting there so like you know, you're planning for this, you want this to happen. You have this picture in your head of how this is going to go. And then you realize it's not going to happen because life or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then having to process sharing that with your team, like what went on with you?
0: I just think over the years, it's something I've quickly learned how to deal with because so much more traumatic events have happened in my life and other people's mm-hmm. lives that puts everything into perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's just like in the grand scheme of things, this is not a big deal, sure, <laughs> you know, or you, you just see something else horrible happen to somebody else. And you're like, and I'm sitting here worried about this little trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, it just, it just humbles you and puts you back in the right headspace where you're like, why, why was I so worked up about this? And I think just because, of past experience and and just being cognizant of other people um, really puts it into perspective to just be like, this is not, this is not that big of a deal. Um, I think it's funny that you mentioned about it, um, about feeling loved because imposter syndrome actually uh, was primarily established in the seventies mm-hmm. and looking at women. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, women in general just throughout <laughs> All of time, yeah, um, are always trying to prove themselves and worthy and equal of love, of love <laughs> and and success and all the things, yeah. And so that is actually how it started. Um, it was more prevalent among women, specifically women of color, um, but now, I mean, men are also becoming more and more and more susceptible and or aware of it um, to having that imposter syndrome. Mindset, so. sure,
1: and you know, like we've been discussing, it shows up in different ways. Typically, for women, than it does for men, mm-hmm. um, and I think obviously we can relate being women in leadership and in business and how it shows up for us. And i I think that it can serve us, right? I don't think that we can remove all the discomfort from our life. I think. That in today's society, we want to rid ourselves of all negativity, essentially. Um, And I think we have to be really careful about what discomfort means to us because it can drive us. It can help us. It can help us learn. It can help us be better leaders, mothers, women in general, um, if you let it serve you and not swallow you.
0: Right. And it's kind of like those... Like cliche sayings, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. Like it's cliche, but it's like, well, this is one of those situations. Well, this is the human experience. Welcome. Right. 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 Exactly. Discomfort, or the a whole um, failing forward. Like you use sure. your failure, you use your discomfort, you use all of these things to learn from them. If you never failed, like why would you? I mean, that's what drives you to try something different, or try yeah. something new, or keep moving. Um, and yeah, like you said, it does show up in different ways. I think for for me, one of the times I feel it the most, um, and I'm not you probably deal with this as well, but when someone questions me on something Mm -hmm. and a decision I make and I get reactionary and I feel like I need to email them back right away with explanation. They're like, You should do it this way, why didn't you do it this way? Mm -hmm. I've already thought what they've recommended and like and there's a reason that it won't work. And it's okay for me to explain that reason, but I like get defensive because I take it personal Mm -hmm. because I'm like, do they really think that I didn't think that through already? Right. And so I have to, in order to adapt to get through it, I'll write my email and I'll let it sit for Mm -hmm. a while Mm -hmm. and I'll think about it. And a lot of times I'll have someone else read it and say, does this (laughs) come across As defensive or explanatory yeah, and, you know, allow other people to help you tweak your reaction to it. And process a
1: little bit. And I think that's what you learn on this journey of being a leader, you know, because 10 years ago I would have done things completely differently because I didn't know any better and I didn't have a ton of introspection, Mm -hmm. right? As you learn and you fail and you grow you look at things differently, and you're way more self-aware, right? And part of that is bringing other people into the mix. No, like, here, come look at my internal thoughts and my vulnerable, you know, processes and tell me what you think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's got to be a person you value and trust and want their opinion um, and somebody who can be honest with you, you know? So that's got to be kind of like an inner circle type of thing, you know? You don't just ask, you know, whoever for their opinion. Right. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, you talked about failing and how it's just part of the journey and it, and it is, um, for me, I can look back and remember so many times that I was, uh, so hesitant to start something new because I wasn't good at it already. Mm. And I knew that it was going to take a lot of work and effort, which I was willing to put in, but the fear of failing after doing that was sometimes paralyzing. And so there were times in my twenties that I missed some opportunities to do some really great things because I was so worried about failing. Mm. I was so scared that I would look stupid or that I really wouldn't live up to my own expectation. And that because up to that point, I really only involved myself in things that I knew I was going to be good at. I felt like I had this, um, external expectation. Other people expected me to be good at the things that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so obviously with maturity and therapy and just growth I have realized like, no, I think the best things in my life have been the things that I'm nervous to do. Don't know if I'm going to succeed. I'm going to have to work my butt off to get there. Um, I'm both excited and terrified. No, those are the things that I should be spending my time doing. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> right. And, and you can write down the things that you're scared about and how you're going to combat those things, you know, and look at the, the things that you're good at and then That's also the importance of bringing people alongside of you. For
1: sure. (laughs) A hundred percent. You're not good at everything.
0: You're not good at everything. And there's lots of things that I'm not good at and I'm aware of that. And that's why you bring on the people that balance you. Fortunately for me, I have one of my managers and my husband are really good at being super honest with me Mm -hmm. and balancing me out Mm -hmm. and being like, okay, take a step back on that Mm -hmm. or being supportive Or just saying, okay, that's absolutely crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: just the total honesty.
0: Right. And that's who you have to
1: have in your corner. Somebody who loves you and values you, but will be completely honest with you with their perspective. Whether you fully take it or not is completely within your control, right? (laughs) When you take their (laughs) advice. And I think you learn the people um, that you trust and value their advice. And it, it usually is really good advice. Um, and you learn that kind of along the way, you know.
0: Yeah, and sometimes I'll take their advice. It, I won't necessarily not do what I was planning on doing. Sure, sure. But I, but I definitely use their advice to tweak it or mm-hmm. take the steps differently, or maybe do it at a different time or location or whatever, whatever we're looking at doing. Um, and figuring that out, but yeah, I mean, I'm the same way, and I think it's also good as a mom to know these things because you can see it in your children. Oh boy! Because yeah. I have a child that's exactly like what you were just saying because she's exactly like me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where if it's not going to be done perfect, mm-hmm. it just doesn't get done, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's one of those things. You know, I'm not a very domestic or like you know, perfect housekeeping type things, sure. which is why we've talked about getting a cleaning lady and <laughs> yeah. apparently I threw my back out. Oh my. Um, so if I'm like, okay, I don't have time to fully clean this mm-hmm. or fully do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a not crippling situation here, but then I just don't do it right? because I know I won't be able to complete the task or do it well enough. So right. I just leave it. Yeah. I just don't do it. Um, but those are those spectrums, I think, right? right? Like in the stuff that you're good at and know you
1: can complete, it's like, I'm going to go all in with this right? And overwork myself. The things that I'm not going to complete or can't do to my expectation, those I just won't do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, this is a trivial one. I'm just not going to clean. But like that shows up on a bigger scale for a lot of people, for a lot of us, right? Right. So it's really about first that self-awareness, like, oh, I'm feeling this thing. I see this cropping up. You're not good enough. You can't do this. This is not something you know how to do. You know, you don't know anybody here. Are you dressed appropriately? Do these people already know things about me? Have they been talking about me? We have the craziest, wildest stories that we make up in our head.
0: I know. It's so crazy. And they... Actually say, I was doing research on imposter syndrome and on a psychology today website. Um, it says it's very closely related to perfectionism. Mm -hmm. It says in which people feel pressure to perform at their absolute best, 100% of the time. (laughs) And when they don't, they feel incompetent and anxious it's helpful, although difficult for people to change the way they view perfection to combat imposter syndrome. Yeah. And so I think that's funny too, because when I just completely avoid something, eventually, using the house cleaning example, it creates anxiety in me. Uh huh. Because then I walk around, I'm like, why is this house right. <laughs> such a mess? And then I get super anxious because my environment is not clean and, and the way I want it. Mm-hmm. But I also avoided it <laughs> sure so these are all
1: choices that we make
0: it, it's right? all it's all choices that we make so it's just and also redefining what's perfect and I've mm. I've tried to through self-reflection and therapy and all those things as well say my my motto now <laughs> at work it's good enough yeah it's good enough. You know, because I work with a lot of artists that mm-hmm. also think things have to be perfect. They're one end or the other.
1: Right, right, right. <laughs> it depends the they Yeah,
0: <laughs> the creative people are either one end or the other. Yeah. Either it has to be perfect. And they can't mess up at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just have to say, it's good enough. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is going to notice. Mm-hmm. Like this is stuff that we get in our own heads about. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is going to notice. Right. So a lot of it is about changing your own mindset. Um, figuring out your abilities, going off your strengths. And like we said before, bringing in the people that help you.
1: Yeah. So I've, you know, I, again, as as we were kind of like researching this and diving in a little bit deeper, um, just looking at like what people do to combat this and what I also do to combat it. And just to get a lot of the monkey talk out of your brain anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is what your imposter syndrome is. It's, you know, it's that monkey in your brain that's telling you all of these things that are not compassionate towards yourself, right? Um, and so acknowledging that it's there and also acknowledging where you feel it, right? Feelings are like a sensation in our body. So when you're anxious, if you can say like, oh gosh, I I feel like a warm burning sensation in my chest and acknowledging that it's there and releasing it, however you can do that breathing, you know, walking, moving your body, whatever it is, but acknowledging that it exists and not trying to deny that it's there.
0: Right. And just push through. (laughs)
1: Right. That's like this. I think the silliest thing people can do Mm -hmm. is, is just to deny that, you know, this imposter syndrome even exists or your anxiety exists. Like, nope, here it is. I see you. I welcome you. Thanks for showing up. Here's how I'm going to handle you right now. And part of that is getting it out of your head and onto paper, right? If you're by yourself, (laughs) right? Get it out of your head, put it on a piece of paper, let yourself journal these things, release it in that way get mm-hmm. it out of just you. And then, you know, hopefully you surround yourself with people that you value and you value their opinion and they can hold space and listen when you have things you need to talk about like this, but to share it, share it out loud, share it with people you trust and you care about. And ideally if you're in a position like we're in, as leaders and business owners,
0: sometimes it's pretty lonely at the top. It's so lonely. We'll definitely have to do a podcast about it. Yeah. It's it.
1: hard to share some of the things that we go through and have anybody who can understand. So find your circle of people, find your community that you can connect with and share these things so you can just get them out of yourself. It doesn't have to then, then you have to do something about it. No, that is
0: the doing mm-hmm. <laughs> is to share that, right? And I think, you know, and psychologists say one of the best ways to get over this is to stop comparing yourself to others.
1: Yeah. Like, good luck.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Okay. Done. Done. <laughs> Done. That's just so easy. Yeah. Okay. I'll stop comparing myself. Right. But I mean, but in reality, sure. you know, take stuff as it comes. Yep. Be proud of your achievements yes. and accomplishments. Yes. Know that you are deserving of them. We work our tails off. Like, yes we deserve it. Yeah. And Celebrating
1: your wins. Right. So important. Even if they're small, right. You know, it's like anybody starting to do anything n- new, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm going to start, you know, moving, moving my body more. And i I went on a 10 minute walk, like celebrate that.
0: Right. That That's, is important. Well, and the whole comparison thing is you only see what people want you to see, especially now. Right? Right. We didn't have that growing up. Mm-mm. No, especially with social media. You only see the highlights yes. of what people want you to see. Right. So when you compare and be like, oh my gosh, they did this. I wish I could do that. Or man, they did that way better than me. Right. You don't know what happened to get there. You don't know <laughs> like, what happened in their home. You yeah. don't know what happened in their work. I mean, there's just so many reasons not to compare. But the biggest is it doesn't affect them. <laughs> Right. If you compare yourself. And whether someone else is successful or not, it doesn't affect your own success. Right. You can be successful and other people be successful. There's
1: space for everyone. There's space
0: for everyone to be successful. And comparing yourself only hurts you. Well, yeah. And so I mean, this whole imposter syndrome, that's really what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's it's really about you and how you feel and the things that you can do to get over that. And we'll definitely dive more into things about self-care and self-help for women in business, finding time for those things. Um, so
1: important. And I think that, you know, in looking at comparison, what has helped me is knowing what my values are being really solid in what I value. Mm-hmm. And so when I am comparing myself to other people or know that other people are talking about me, it's like, nope, I'm an integrity in my own values. And I feel really good about that. And I am living what I value. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of takes away the um sting <laughs> of the comparison. Right. right. I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense, but I think values play a huge part in that. And if you're solid in what you believe in and how you live your life, it's easier to have less comparison. I don't say it goes away.
0: No, it does. It definitely doesn't go away. And then it frustrates you and you see people that you know, that don't have the same values succeeding and you're like, it's totally opposed to what you feel, believe all of those things. And it's like, Oh my goodness. Like, you know, it's upsetting. But at the end of the night, when you lay your head on your pillow or you go home to your family Mm -hmm. or you see, you know, what you're working on, that is definitely the thing that brings you back to like, I'm doing what I think is best and what I know is best. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we work hard, we deserve it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And And like I I said, let the discomfort work for you and also remain in humility. I don't think without, if you got rid of imposter syndrome, we would have so many people who would think they were just the greatest thing that ever walked the earth. Like this is an important part of development, I think. mm
0: -hmm.
1: And once you get to a, a, you know, a higher level of thinking to be able to use it for you instead of against you. That's the whole goal, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's not to make it go away. <laughs> right. Um, I did find this image real quick that I want to um, talk about before we close up. And I think it's important to understand cycles mm-hmm. so that you can avoid them, right? And we've talked about ways to do that. Um, but the imposter syndrome cycle is that they get a new project or task, then they get anxiety about it, which we discussed mm-hmm. anxiety today. Um, procrastination or over-preparation. Yep. Yep. We talked about both of those. Um, then they get to project completion and there's a brief relief and sense of accomplishment. And then, Mm. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Cause you're like, whew, did that, made it happen. Uh Uh-huh. And then, and then rationalization. Well, I was lucky or somebody else would have done a better job. Uh, That's where the comparison comes in. Yes. And then you increase your self-doubt and anxiety. You feel like a fraud, Mm -hmm. but you got to go back to it. And so how (laughs) do you get yourself back up on the upswing? You You start start a new new project. project. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, but you know, in a way that's good. You start something new. And if we wouldn't have started new things, we wouldn't have the things that we have. Yeah. I think the key
1: is there. You have to be self-aware to know what the cycle is to figure out how you're going to deal with it. Right. Right. And Like we talked about, you know, share with other people, get out of your own head, journal, acknowledge that it's there, find your community of people. If you are a leader, you've got to find a good community of, of leadership. Um, people you can be vulnerable with and and honest with, you got to celebrate your wins and you've also got to look at your failures and acknowledge and accept that they exist and that you, you welcome them because they will teach us. Right. Right. So how we implement those things. I think it's going to be different for each person. Um, but I think that's a really good starting point is those, you know, a couple of steps that we talked
0: about. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we hope that talking about imposter syndrome gave you some help, realization, comfort. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. Bye guys. Bye.